One, two, one, two, three. Chili's running hot this week, and we'll get to that in Teacher A Sports. Fucking A. Fucking A. So how are you? So Kevin, how about that Super Bowl coming up this uh, next week? Mm-hmm. Congratulations on Taylor Swift making her first Super Bowl. <laughs> I saw. I kept saying that. The refs, did, hear about the refs it. did a lot to help you out. <laughs> it really does make you think that there's a script for this whole entire thing. Well, four weeks ago... If you check the guide and you looked up the Super Bowl, like date and time, it said 49ers versus the Chiefs. Yeah. Like over a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're making yeah. a ton, ton of money from her because people are watching, people are going, people are buying merchandise. So it's you crazy. know this is the first year in history that three cosmetic companies are advertising during the Super Bowl? Wow. Let's get into uh, it now. Like, yeah. Let's get into it now. Teach Ray Sports. How about them Lions? This is the theme to teach race sports. We need a theme for teach race sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley show. This is the theme to teach race sports. This is the theme to teach race sports. So, as we left off last week, I said, oh, you think the Lions are going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, it seems like they're America's team and everybody wants them to win and shout out Eminem who, who's who been hyping, hyping them up even though we didn't really know yep. he was a Lions fan until now and we've known Eminem for 20 years. But yeah, so uh, Kevin, what happened last week? So as the game was progressing between the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions, progressing very favorably towards the Lions. At one point, they were up 23-10, 23-7. Anyways, it was a lot. Right, I saw that, yeah. So I started to do the legwork of what would be this week's Teach Ray Sports, and we are going to discuss everything Detroit Lions, because even though we did talk about it a little bit last week, there's still a lot more to go in their history. I mean, they had the best wide receiver, could have been the best wide receiver of all time, retire in his prime because of how bad the Lions were. For that, they had the best running back in his prime retire with the Lions because of how bad they were. I had this whole thing going. I had notes. I was I was clipping things off ESPN from like decades ago. I, I had it all ready to go. I had a nice little segment all just right there. And then what happens? <laughs> there were the fucking Lions. <laughs> oh, what the shit. Going for it on fourth and two twice when all you need was a fucking field goal to put the game out. What the fuck is that? I love you, Dan Campbell. I do. You know, this is another segment I had. Dan Campbell. You know who he is? No He's idea. fucking PC principal in South Park. That's literally okay. who the, who that character is modeled after. I had this whole Dan Campbell thing ready to go. It was going to be a glorious week of celebration. Watching the Rams. I mean, watching the, the Lions and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. But then what happens? 
then what happens? For some reason, for no, I don't know why, I don't know why Lamar Jackson decided that he had to throw into triple coverage when they were down 10. That I don't know why his wide receiver were just dropping balls going into the end zone. I don't know why they had to play the Chiefs and they had to play the refs. It was a fucking awful game, officiated. I did like how Taylor Swift did say, get me off TV. Bravo to you, Taylor, on that one. Um, talk more about her during the Argyle review because there's a lot of shit about that I've been looking up. Sorry, I'm a little hot right now. Calm down. Breathe, Kevin. Breathe. Because... Mark Jackson, you suck. I don't care about the Super Bowl now. It kind of was a uh, Cinderella story if they would have made it. It was. And, it, and it even if the good. Ravens made it, it would have been a good story. Yeah. Ravens are a good story. <sighs> but now now the, uh, now, uh, the Taylor Swift uh, stands are going to be... Could you Hoping imagine by, the Chiefs win. by chance they had actually like booked her for the halftime of the Super Bowl like a year and a half ago whenever they do that? Could you imagine by chance the that conspira- happened? The then conspiracies the conspira- would have been... Oh my god. There's already enough of the conspiracy theories. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's oh a whole sure shit imagine. pile of them. But I mean, yeah. Wow. This is... So who's going to be holding the trophy? Is it going to be Taylor and Travis holding uh, the trophy? Or yes. are they going to let her hold the trophy? Like, what's the... <laughs> what's... Taylor Swift's probably about part, to win her first Super Bowl. Is she a part of the team now? So we'll talk about all yes. that shit. We'll talk about all uh, that shit next week. But this nothing is just but a, fucking toothy head for Travis Kelsey the rest of his life. Fucking bitch. <laughs> toothy head. <laughs> I saw a meme on that today. I had to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, it's the beginning of the month. Let's get into a show and tell. So many geeky things that we could pull off from the show. We've been collecting shit for years and now we're whipping it out. So it's time to showcase all the money that we wasted well. Say la vie, say the old folks, it's Geek Club Show with Tell. I'll let you go first this month. Alright. we got, Kevin? I guess I will go first. It's a tie into one of today's topics the Curb Your Enthusiasm book. Nice. Cover seasons one through five because at that point Larry David was going to retire, yeah. and here we are, seventeen years after season five ended and uh, the last season's about to air. Uh, but it's great. It's got um, early scripts, which we'll talk about more. But it's basically just an outline with everything else being uh, improved, which is one of the great things about that show. Right. Um, yeah, like the scripts the are literally just like bullet point pages. Yep. For the entire half an hour episode at this point. I'm sure they got bigger as the show went on. Um, like Especially like the Michael J. Fox season. Right. Um, but in the beginning it was just like a bullet point um, script. And they went off that. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about that in, in detail in a little bit. We're going to do a uh, curb preview for this weekend's new pre- uh, premiere for the last season. Um, so, during Christmas this year, I usually get quite a good bonus and I decided to buy stuff and this year my goal was to complete my collection of my old Nintendo Zelda games so <clears throat> I did and went a little bit further so I did get Arc Arena and I got these cool clam- clamshell cases to protect them oh nice I, just, I, don't, I, I like didn't it, the get Sega the Genesis case I kind like of but I get the original Game and manuals for all of these. 
Um, did you buy the uh, cases separate and then put the labels I in did. yourself? I did. Yeah. Okay. I figured. Well, no, the, a lot of them. If you go online, if you're if you have retro games and you want. Yep. And you want to make buy the cases for the, the most popular games that they have. But yeah, I mean, I there's a couple of people on eBay sell just... They basically made spinebacks, like the original yep. NES games, but they did for the N64 games. And it's like 20 bucks for like every N64 game made. So so I got the N64 games. I got Majora's Mask and Arc Arena, which is... Arc Arena was my first game. We talk about it was on the show. the gold copy? The gold copy of each. Okay. And the uh, 3D cover. So I went a little bit further. Those are my first games. I already have... The, I already have um, Wind Waker. I have everything after that, pretty much. But I don't have anything before that. Except I did have the NES versions, which I don't have, but I do have the cases for them. I have the NES versions of, of Link's Adventure and the original Zelda on the NES. I have the cases for them. The original are in storage somewhere, but I do have those. I went to further back, and I got... Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo, and I got the same clamshell case with the with the uh, manual and the game. Did you ever play that game on the uh, Super Nintendo? What is it? Link to the Past. Oh, I have played a little bit of it. You? I pl I've played it, but I never owned it. I do own it now. Yeah. Um. I played it a I, long time after it came out. Like I played it after I played Ocarina. I bought the. I also bought the Game Boy Advance versions of those games with with the manuals. And then I went down the Game Boy route with Link's Awakening on the Game Boy Color, Minish Cap on the Game Boy Advance, and Minish Cap is fun. Legend of Zelda, Oracle, and Seasons on the Game Boy nice. Color, which are very rare and hard to find. So that's where I am at so far. Eleven games. Um, I mean, that's pretty much every Zelda game that I own now, and all the all the new ones, of course. Um, from mm. the, from the Wii to the Switch. Did you ever get the uh, uh, the newest one there that came out this year? Yeah, I, uh, Breath of the Wild and the sequel. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I do. I haven't played I, it yet. I do. Have Kingdom it. of Kingdom of uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. She, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, I do have those. So I have every Zelda game. The only one I don't have, I don't have Link's Awakening, the original Game Boy, the one that was black and white, the with the game with the original system. You know what else you um, don't have? What? Enough time to play all this shit. No, I know. <laughs> this is just a collection. At this point, I know. when am I going to have time to play these? But right. I have a collection going. So, Yeah, especially have... like uh, Link to the Past is a fucking long-ass game from what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've been buying them. I also bought Super Mario Advance the, with the case and everything, too, on the, the Game Boy Advance. Super Mario Brothers 2. One of the first Mario was, Brothers games I ever played. So Was that one the Yoshi's Island one ported over, or was it... That one's on there too, but this is the first one, Super Mario Advance One. This is Super Mario okay. Two on the NES, and, and then they Super Mario I think they 2, went up okay. to, I think they went up to Super Mario Advance Four, and I think th Super Mario Advance Three is the one that you're talking about, Yoshi Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So eleven games. I usually wouldn't do that, but it's a collection I started this year, and I, th I think it's pretty fucking cool. Um. So what did we watch this week? Um. <clears throat> actually, watched quite a bit. We have a movie we're going to review. Um, but I did watch the whole entire season 10 of Shameless. So I've got one more season left. This is the first without Fiona. Fiona left um, in season 9. So we're kind of, I'm kind of wondering who would be the main star of this season. And it's kind of everybody. Everybody kind of picked up the uh, picked up the luggage after she left and took over. Um, Ian and Mickey 
or have a have a wedding angle this whole entire season where they end up breaking up, they end up getting back together, and by the end they get married. Mickey becomes the bridezilla, which is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, and and the the big story throughout this too is Lip, of course, um, from the Bear. Um, his story throughout the last few seasons has been of sobriety. He was a drunk in college, lost his scholarship, um, started going to rehabs and meetings for AA, and kind of was doing good with sobriety, and then he was ending up with problems with his girlfriend, who he has a kid with. And by the end of the episode, there is a heart-wrenching scene where he's been away from alcohol the whole entire time, and he starts taking a sip and starts gulping a uh, rum and coke and it's just heartbreaking like i just felt my heart sink because as much as he was trying to stay on the wagon he just completely just went off the rails um and then by the end of the episode he asks his uh his aa mentor to bring him to a meeting late at night because he's he just wants to get back on the wagon so oh it was, it was heartbreaking but that's this whole entire show is all about heartbreak you think the family is doing well or pieces parts of the family are doing well then all of a sudden because of the upbringing that they're in, there's always going to be that level of downfall because that's just how they were raised. Because Frank is a fucking asshole, William H. Macy. So, um, great show. I'm on season 11, the last season. Started watching it today. Um, probably by the end of the week, I'll finish it. I'm not sure. But, um, great show. Uh, took me about a year to get through 10 seasons. So, um, it's definitely worth it. It's on Netflix if anybody else wants to watch it. Shameless, uh, William H. Macy. Um, and you also finished a show. Yeah, I just have a few things I want to talk about. A lot of issues with this show. Yeah. I'll start off with the good, though. Of course, I've been talking about Arrow the last... Yeah, a couple weeks. Three weeks, four weeks, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I finished it last week, finally, after we wrapped up. Uh, my favorite part of the show is in season four or five, when he finally tells his younger sister who... She was mad at him because she, he kept lying to her, blah, blah, blah. And he finally comes to the conclusion that he's like, I'm going to tell her that I'm the arrow, blah, blah, blah. And everyone thinks it's a bad idea because she already hates him, whatever. So he does tell her finally. And she's like, so all those times you've been leaving in the middle of the night, you've been saving people. And he's like, yeah, I guess. And she like gave him a big hug. Like, it was just a very sentimental moment. And that was the last of the really good moments. Because, okay. um, yeah, after season, like, four, that either happens in season four or five. Um, it's tough when you're binge the stuff to, like, keep it all together but um yeah i mentioned last week the season seven is in the prison um highlight of that besides the fact it was in prison i love prison shows is watching cody Rhodes get burned to death that was a lot of fun Probably inside the prison yeah, <laughs> um he was in the show quite a bit um i did like roy harper who was like his like robin character throughout the show okay. he eventually goes to jail for arrow i liked him um but my biggest issue was the fact that Okay, one more thing I did like about season eight, but they're really throwing shit at the wall at this point. Was they they have a live die repeat episode, and I just like that type of shit. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, but the biggest issue to me is in season eight they're doing the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Yes. And so I'm only watching the Arrow show because I'm not gonna go. Oh, okay, it's coming up. The third episode is on Arrow, so I have to watch Arrow season eight episode seven. But before that, I have to watch Supergirl season one episode six. Like I wasn't gonna do that bullshit. That's why I stopped watching Flash. Yeah. So, I get to that part. Like, I'm like, okay, it's a Crisis on Earth episode. And Oliver Quinn is not... Quinn, he's not in there. Oliver Queen's not in there. He gets killed off in the fucking episode before that on The Flash. Not on his own goddamn TV show. He basically sacrifices himself 
to become kind of like a a godlike being, but he does it on another person's fucking show. That's like dumb. what the fuck? Like yeah, this is dumb. the eighth season. There's two episodes after this to go, and they pull that like it should have been rearranged so that he dies on that on his own show, and then goes off and does the other shit on the next episode on like the right. Flash or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the last episode of the Crisis Saga. So I think they probably took that into more account, the fact that you just fucking killed the main character off, that you've spent 100 and whatever episodes watching. Right, Anyways. That's, yeah, that's dumb. Um, that's annoying. But when he did sacrifice himself, the whole point of this show was he wanted to save the city that his father essentially um, was a piece of shit to. So that's why he was doing this whole thing. And they kept flashing forward to the year 2040 when the city is dilapidated. So in the penultimate episode, it all takes place in 2040, and the city is, like, completely fine. Because in the last episode, you find out when Oliver sacrificed himself, crime in the city essentially stopped. Um, hmm. So him sacrificing himself led to crime stopping, and his, his mission was complete. And the island he's on the beginning of the show, uh, nicknamed, I think it's Spanish for Purgatory, he basically ends up in Purgatory with his wife um, at the end of the series. Um Overall, I would take the first the first two seasons of the show were up there with the best of Smallville. Smallville is by far the better show, um, overall yeah, okay. quality wise. This show was just too many episodes to see. Like they needed that thirteen episode mark that you would get with like Daredevil. Right. That would have been like perfect for this show. Right. And most shows in general, if we're speaking, you know, Frank. Yeah. Um, once Lost went down to twelve to thirteen episodes a season, it got much better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was what it was. I've read some Green Lantern since finishing it. Um, I do like the character. He doesn't really act like, in, he's more jokey in the comic books. Um, right. but I enjoyed it. Um, especially like some of the action stuff, watching Cody Rhodes get burned to death. Some of the fight choreography was really cool. Yeah, I, but, forgot, uh, about, I forgot about Cody because Cody and him yeah. had that WrestleMania moment too, right around I mean, the middle of the there's series. Some, series. There's some pretty graphic stuff I wasn't expecting from a CW show. Yeah, um, they started going to, a lot the line. more. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's whatever. I'm glad I did finally watch it because mm. I had one to watch how he got off the island and stuff. That was the reason why I kind of stuck with it the first time and then gave up because of work. But uh, yeah, it was fine. Compared to the Flash, fine. is the Flash better or is this better? I, I like this finish. More. Flash was okay. I I got my reason for stopping the Flash wasn't the crisis stuff as much as it was. Um, the humor and stuff just never evolved. Like, it okay. stayed, like, the same. It just felt way more immature the way things were being handled, where this yeah. is a much more serious show. Um, but, and of I course, liked, that's also the I difference, the Flash the difference in the lot. characters. I, I liked the, the Flash, Flash a lot, lot for the first Couple four seasons. seasons yeah. And then it just kind of became, he has to run fast to save yeah. the day. Yeah. And it was like that every single episode. But, I mean, I was really, I was addicted to the flash for at least three seasons similar to this i was very addicted yeah, to where too. his story was going in this uh flash just got way too repetitive this one was more of the writing than anything else yeah. um but yeah it was also cool to see uh john crier as lex luther yeah and who else popped up it was just cool seeing like some of the like throwback characters and stuff of course tyler got his start on uh during this, before Superman Lois, this was two years before Superman Lois was even a show. Um, so it was yeah. cool to see him interacting with his cousin, and to see the girl from Whiplash be uh, Supergirl, stuff like that, was cool. And of course, the final episode is the the 
death of Oliver, the funeral, and that's where you get the famous uh, picture that floated around the internet of the guy that played the Flash in front of his casket doing the, you know, the peace yep. sign. Yep. So now I know where that's from. <laughs> but cool. uh, yeah, let's move yeah. on to. I, I may go, I may go back I may go back and watch the Flash. Who knows? But I, I, I'm not sure yeah. if Oliver watch Arrow. So I'm glad you watched it. Kind of give me an idea of what it's all about. So yeah, we did watch Argyle, new movie that came out yesterday um, for opening previews. We saw it last night. Um, the reviews are horrible for this going in. I yeah. was kind of hesitant of going. Um, give your reaction, your reviews first. Uh, we're gonna—I don't know if we're gonna get into spoilers. I would like to. We're not doing spoilers uh, this week, anyways. Maybe yeah, if let's hold off on it. Let's hold um, off on it because there uh, are a um, lot of twists and turns in it. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? What did you think of the movie? Colorful. Okay. Especially I towards agree. the end. I agree. Um, you want me to give my full thoughts on it now? Yes. Yes. I liked it way more than, like, you sent me the screenshot of the reviews. It was in, like, the 30s. I thought it was way better than that. Shut up, Gus. And, um, you know, that's I thought right. it was way better than that. Um, I don't know. It was, like, it was a very odd story. And as things unfolded, I really didn't know how I felt about the movie. I will say this. Uh, what's his name? Not Henry Cavill. Who's... Um... John Cena? No, no. The, the, the spy in the movie. Uh, fucking blanking on his name. The, spy the actual in the spy in the movie. The guy that's an actual spy. Uh, who's oh, the actor that plays him? Oh, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. I, lo I loved him in this uh, movie. He was fantastic. Like, he... He brought this movie up for me a full half point. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed him. The way the story unfolded was a little bit odd at first, but I think I kind of got used to it as the movie progressed. I will say, um, without spoiling things, the ice skating scene, even though I know he wanted his own version of the church scene from <laughs> Kingsman, I did not like that at all. I thought the CGI was off in parts of this movie. Yeah. Um, which is a, it's a problem used, with a lot of movies right now. The CGI yeah, has been bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, could have used a little more Henry Cavill. Yes. But um, understand the way the story, the story progresses. Yeah. There is something I have to ask you about off pod, and I also will explain. Did you look into the? There's a post credit scene. Did you look into what that means? I have not. I'd like to know more. Okay. About it. I'll talk to you about that after the show. I can't really give much away. Um, but yeah, and also yeah, I mean it was, it was okay. It was fine. Um, I may watch it when it comes out on Apple, just see what it looks like. Because uh, it is like there's that a very colorful flight at the end, just to see what it looks like with the uh, OLED. Because um, shit right. like that really pops on it. Like, um, yeah, what'd you think? I loved this movie. Really? I thought it was fantastic, and I think Sam Rockwell is the one that saved it. Yep. And yeah, he, like for yeah, Matthew Vaughn, the one thing I wish I, I would have changed, I would have given this an R rating, because his yes. violence in an R rating setting is fantastic. And I think that kind of took away from it some of the action it was scenes. Definitely toned so, down, and you got that feeling because you've seen yeah. Matthew Vaughn movies like yes. Kick Ass, like the Kingsman yes. movies, and there's blood and there's stabbings. A yep. lot of that was kind of taken out of the forefront of this movie. Yep. However. Twists and turns. I loved. I loved. Yep. There's there's a couple of great ones. There's yeah. one big huge one that I'm glad we didn't get spoiled about, or I didn't get spoiled about um, from the beginning. You know what? After, know going after everything's night, we'll do spoiler talk because I want to talk to you about this before we're off pod, so we can get it let's, on the pod. I think. Let's, let's at the end put a, let's talk put about a it right now. 
Okay. At the end of this show, let's do a spoiler review of the movie okay. and give it a, give it a score. So if you haven't seen the movie, if you want to know more about it and you don't care about seeing it, listen to the end. We'll we'll do a five ten minute talk about everything. Yes. It happened. Give it a score and spoilers, and Kevin will talk about the uh, after credit scene that happened and the uh, Taylor lost. Swift stuff because yep. yeah, apparently we'll she had a big thing to do with this movie. So. But I absolutely loved it, and I and I think there's a lot of action. Like you Good. mentioned, CGI was a problem. But it's yes. a problem but everywhere. That's every movie now, except so, for yeah. Dune. Apparently, everyone's working for on that fucking movie. Yeah. Um, score. Give it a score now. Uh, it's a four. It's a four out of five. Okay. And I think I think, um, yeah, we'll get into it at the end. But yeah, okay. four, definitely yeah. A four. I, a, I loved it. I've got it at three and a half. Um, like I said, I probably will watch it again. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I would watch it, it settles, again for sure. Um. Definitely once once it comes out on Apple because it's an Apple exclusive movie. It comes it'll probably be out in like two months, but uh, yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I mean, it's I don't know. People are treating it like it was Matthew Vaughn's worst movie, and it's no. way better than the last Kingsman movie. Yep. Probably better than the last two Kingsman movies. Yep. I put this. I might put this fourth or fifth, almost making his Mount Rushmore in his uh, movies because that guy yep. has made some really fucking great movies. Yep. I mean, Kickass is one of my favorite movies. Kickass is oh, one yeah. of my favorite comic book movies. Kickass, ever. that movie with Daniel Craig, I think he directed that. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a great filmography. Yeah. Right, so let's uh, put a pin in this. We'll get back to the yeah. end. We'll talk about spoilers at the end. But um, so Sunday night, the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. A show that has been on since 2002, right, Kevin? 2000 was the, the 2000? Pilot. Yeah, I can't remember when it was. 2001 was the first season. Out. Okay. Yeah, because the pilot, wasn't it a... It was like a... Um, it was an hour-long documentary. Hour-long documentary. And doing stand-up. Yep. A mock- mockumentary, uh, Basically, right? yes, yeah, a mockumentary. Um, real quick, I guess I'll kind of give the uh, early... How the show came to be, and I found out... Actually, I found this out today when I was listening to... The podcast we're going to plug now is they have a History of Curb Your Enthusiasm yep. uh, podcast. It's Susie and Jeff. They're married on the show. Um, yep. They start talking about the pilot, and they do, they're do they doing an episode a week, I think. Um, yep. But apparently it was Jeff's idea, and he brought it to Larry because Larry wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting on a lot of money. And it, he knew people at HBO, and they're well, basically people, like... For people that don't know, uh, Larry David created... yes. Seinfeld, Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld. With yep. Jerry Fe- Seinfeld. Seinfeld yes. ended in 97. So three years later, he decides to go to HBO with Jeff Garland's idea yes. to curb your theory. Well, Seinfeld ended in 99. He left Seinfeld in 97. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Um, but yeah, he ended up... Basically, Jeff pitched him this show and Larry didn't want to do it. And he's like, but you haven't done stand-up since the 80s. Like, there's no footage of you doing stand-up. Like, mm-hmm. let's just do this. So Larry finally agreed to it and whatnot. And they filmed it. Um, I believe HBO called it their little... They said, you guys can go off and do your little experimental show or whatever they called it at the time. Um, so, yeah, that's how Curb came to be. Um, and I guess one of the famous lines from that very, very first uh, episode is they're staying in a hotel. And they get the bill at the end of the trip. And have you ever seen this pilot episode? I've seen the whole entire series. Okay. It's on in HBO separately. It's called yeah. It's called uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. But yeah, they give him the bill at the end, and apparently there's a lot of porno charges on the bill, and the big line from that is, HBO pays for the porn, and Jeff says that whenever he runs into people, it, the 
randomly just say that HBO pays for the porn. <laughs> so um, let's talk. Let's talk so about yeah. the let's talk about the making of this show. Now, a traditional show has a script. A traditional show has a mm-hmm. outline and a script telling telling the actors pretty much what they're going to say from word for word for camera to camera. This show is different. It takes a lot of improv, a majority of improv, and like you've mentioned. Um, they work off of bullet points. Bullet points of the show. They don't really have any dialogue. So he brings in a lot of improv people. A lot of improv uh, people that love improv. Know how to use it. Know how to do it correctly. Jeff Garland. Um, him. And they go in and they film a scene. And they improv. A, well you talk about it a little bit. Because you know more than I do about it. But yeah they basically just make improv. bulletproofs. I'm sure there's, it's more strict nowadays. With the yes. way everything is. But it's basically just bullet points. Um so it's like you know whatever two people one of the famous ones is um when his aunt dies mm-hmm. and they're and he's sitting around at the uh the wake or with all these family members or whatever post wake whatever back at the house um and he just randomly is just talking like whatever and then he just looks at this bowl of shrimp and he goes how many of these do you think I could fit in my mouth? That was just him improvising the whole thing. Um, the HBO pays for porn line wasn't improvised. Yeah. So yeah, he starts shoving shrimp into his mouth. Um, and like, something will be in the script like, uh, when he goes to the bathroom, he thinks that he actually found his real birth parents because he thinks his father, who's about to have surgery, he's under the medication, says to him, but he couldn't really hear him. So he goes, I think he told me I was adopted. So he searches out these people that could be his real parents. And... Basically, it's like he has a scene set up where it's like Larry's in the bathroom, going to the bathroom, and his piece splashes a, a frame painting of Jesus or whatever, and it looks like Jesus is crying. And then there's dialogue all around that whole thing. Right. That becomes the entire episode from just that one plot point. Yeah. So, Which is ama- it's uh, amazing. It's very interesting. And you Another- see so many uh, guest stars. Like, we saw Anton Yuckin way before he was famous. Yep as a guest star because they would just go to like child actors because mostly when you're a child actor too you do a lot of improv because it helps you stay on your toes when you're filming so they do a lot of child actors they get a lot of those for the improv stuff we, we saw um, we saw a lot of yeah. people we've like that are famous now that were in this show in the very beginning um yes. but the improv part of it's awesome i know the league does that too a lot of shows after yep. this have done it um but this is one of the first that actually did a really fantastic job this this um, and Always Sunny were like the always two. Sunny, like, always, always Sunny. Sunny always Sunny always had their scripts, but they didn't really mean anything. Yeah. They could just kind of do what they wanted once they got to a certain point in that show. And you see a lot of, you saw a lot of uh, improv superheroes in this too. A lot of people in that group um, from the Groundlings, yep. from uh, yep. from Matt TV. You see a lot, a lot of people that were in this show. Yep. I, I love it. Um, now, during the show, we'll talk about this, how the seasons kind of went. Um the ones that stand out for me, there was a season with the producers with Mel Brooks, who I absolutely fucking love. That was, I love that, that season. That was the one the I producers, showed that to my cousin to get her into it. The producer season. Mel Brooks. It's a yep. great, season great four. season. Um, he goes to Broadway with, um, what's his name, uh, uh, David Swimmer from Friends, and does the producers yep. on Broadway um, yeah. with Mel Brooks producing. Ben Stiller in it. Oh, ben Stiller. That's is such a, huge, a great... The Ben Stiller stuff is so great in that season. Yep, and of uh, course, because it's Larry yeah. David, all of the Seinfeld cast make appearance on this show. And in fact, they do a reunion show. They do a reunion season where they come back to do a reunion episode season of uh, of Seinfeld. 
And yep. they do, and they recreate the whole entire sets from that, and the whole entire cast comes back. Michael Richards comes back after the controversy, um, and uh, he hadn't been. On, I don't think he had been on the show till then, because of the controversy that yeah. happened when he said the N word in, in the crowd, and he got they even canceled. make fun of that. He, they did in the show. They, they kind of <laughs> made fun of it. Um, and he hasn't been say? on. <laughs> he hasn't been on since, and the, yeah, and they made fun of it, and he, and he actually quit. He actually quit the Seinfeld reunion on the show, but. It, um, but yeah, um, George Costanza, what's his name, was in this show quite a bit. Jerry's yep. in it quite a bit. Um, um, what's her name? Um, Elaine is yeah, in it quite a bit. George and Jerry are in other seasons besides the Seinfeld yeah. season. Yeah. And so is Elaine. Everyone except for Kramer. Yeah, ex- except for Kramer. He's only in this season. But uh, uh, yeah, it was it was great. And of course, like we talk about it all the time, one of the best episodes of television ever is the Michael Michael J. Fox uh, Parkinson's yes. episode, which we'll get into in a minute. But let's play and but. Let's get into the one thing that we need to talk about right now. And as a character that was created on this show, done by an improv comic, I don't know where he came from. He may have been on Mad TV or something. I have no idea. But Leon Black is one of the best characters yep. ever to hit the screen on television. Yep. Yeah, that's my favorite season is uh, season six when he comes in. J.B. Um, Smooth plays Leon Black, and he's fantastic. He's a black... He, they came from, it was after Katrina, the Hurricane and Katrina. Uh, David and his wife at the time adopt a family, and it's the Blacks. And the episode's called Meet the Blacks, I believe, where they all came yep. to L.A. to live in Larry's mansion, and they end up taking over. So he has a black family living in his mansion. So, of course, Larry, being the white-bred <laughs> American that he is, <laughs> kind of fucks everything up with that throughout the whole entire season. And he ends up he ends up dating his sister. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's Leon's sister, not his Leon's, sister. Le- Leon's sister, yeah, <laughs> who is uh, Vivica A. Fox. And it's just... As you much... Auntie in the stomach? I've been <laughs> with a woman six months. Five seconds, all you got. Five Mississippis. <laughs> <laughs> and, then my, and then, of course, there's the great line of, oh, I get it. Your last name is Black, and you're, you know, Black. That'd be like if my last name was Jew, and I was Larry Jew. <laughs> and the lady just looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of hilarity in, in that season alone, and uh, <laughs> the the, the on the loose episode. <laughs> yeah, Gerald Gerald got into an elevator, pressed up, went up your ass, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally could have clipped that entire season. <laughs> yeah, that, that entire season, anything Leon. We do have a couple of Leon clips we'll play in a minute, but um, he was so good in the show that he ended up being a regular through that season yeah. to the very end and he's going to be a regular in the new season too he's just amazing yep. um yeah yeah he was supposed to be off the show after, there was only going to be that one season and they all got along so well so let's talk about perfectly let's talk about some characters before we get in the clips we got we got leon great we got jeff garland who's his manager um this is before the goldbergs he was he was uh pretty much the number two of the show with larry um his wife rosie um uh susie uh he's he's kind of the straight man to larry like he's, yes. I mean, they both kind of play it straight, but he's just he he keeps it more serious. And when I was in the '90s, growing up, Super Dave Osborne on Fox, I loved it. Oh yeah, seeing him, him yeah. as seeing him yeah. as Funkhauser, because yeah. there's enough there's enough Funkhauser clips for a whole entire episode if we wanted yeah. to. But Funkhauser and he passed away recently. Um, I can't remember his name. Dave Osborne, I think. Um, yeah. Super Dave Osborne, uh, Dave uh, Brook, uh, uh, Albert Brooks' brother. I can't remember his real name, but yeah, he he uh, he was fantastic in the show. He he was always against everything that Larry David did. He was kind of a straight man too. Um, Maybe we'll do like a, a clip 
of Curb once a week uh, with, during this new season of like classic stuff. Like, because I really want to get some Funkhauser. I fucking love that guy. His one of his best friends in the show was um, the uh, the comedian. Uh, fuck, of course, uh, Lu- Jerry uh, Lewis. Dan, um, Lewis um, I want to say Jerry I wanna say Lewis. Lewis Black. I, I want to no, say Lewis uh, Black. <laughs> uh, uh, Richard uh, Lewis. Richard Lewis. Richard yeah. Lewis. Yeah. Um, they met in summer camp. Uh, when they were kids, and he brought, and they've been friends ever since in real life, and they brought no, him on the show. No, the uh, sto- you don't know the story to that. Yeah, I thought they, that was the story, wasn't it? No, they were. They met at summer camp, and they yeah. fucking hated each other. Um, like they're like both almost got kicked out for fighting, and okay. then they were both comics in their twenties, and they met at a show, and they hated each other then, and then somehow they just kept running into each other at different shows, and they became friends. Okay. Um, and I just their dynamic in this. Um, Fantastic. I, it sucks that he's Fucking he's in poor health and has been for the last two or three seasons. Yeah, but he did show up. He was only in, he did show up for this. He was season. in like one scene. In, yeah. Was he in one scene the last season? He's yeah. probably in like one episode this yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. He was very um, sickly. He was very sickly the last couple of years, but he did he did come back for this new season. The the episode where he's trying to get his cousin Lewis Lewis's kidneys. Yes. <laughs> and the episode where he's where he's dating a stripper. And then Larry, yes. Larry and the group go to the to strip club, and they it's hilarious. Um, and there's a lot of guest stars throughout the show that are celebrities. Ted Danson was a huge one. He ends up dating yep. his wife after they break up. Um, like you mentioned, Ben Stiller, um, Jerry Seinfeld shows David up quite Schwimmer, a bit. Seinfeld. David Schwimmer. There's a lot, a lot of them. Throughout. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yep. My favorite. Michael J. Fox, the Parkinson's episode. We're gonna get into that in a minute, but we have a couple clips on Leon. I don't even think these are the best clips. These are just clips that you have because these there's are just so many. Ones I found, yeah. There's so many Leon clips, but here's one about um, bar mitzvah. You think I can't do this shit? Huh? I'll wipe that shit up. I'll wipe that whole shit up. Tell you that whole fucking scene be wiped the fuck up. Seriously? Hey, you seen a fucking black dude who acts fucking white, yeah, hang around too many fucking white you people? You can be that shit. guy. I do this shit loud. Let me hear it. I'm all up in that bitch. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm Danny Dubistein. I heard you have gross disease. See that shit? But what about the name? Duberstein. It's a Jewish name. Fucking tell him I'm an Ethiopian Jew. You know what? You can tell him you were adopted by, by the, the Jewish family, the Duberstein. You're fucking adopted you, by... You, you got bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah and all that shit. Yeah. Say that again? Bar mitzvah. It's not bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah. If we're going to do this, then you better learn how to pronounce this. Bar mitzvah. <laughs> Bob Mitzvah. <laughs> um, and then when he's talking to Michael Richards, trying to convince him that his disease isn't that serious, he talks about how he cut Bob Misfit again, like, last year. And, the, and, and Kramer's like, I thought you got Bob Mitzvah once when you were 13. He goes, no, 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 you got it backwards. You get Bob Mitzvah once every 13 years. Oh, God. <laughs> Here's another clip of Leon, uh, J.B. Smith and Larry. You're going to go in. He'll be up here, okay? You're down here. Right? He's on top. He's asking you the questions. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden the interview starts. He asks some questions. You answer some questions. And then you start asking him the questions and you flip it. Now he's trying to impress you. Turn that shit around on him. Turn it around on him. Topsy turvy, that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why you got no credit cards? You got no credit cards at all? Why you don't have a credit card, sir? You have no credit cards? Huh? Why do you order these CDs out of those magazines? And you, and you sit them next door to the, the neighbor. And then when the UPS guy comes, you pick them up like you live there and shit. Why you, that? you keep ordering CDs that, that you don't pay for? I'm just saying. Example, how to turn that shit around on his ass, you know what I mean? Specific uh, shit, though. I don't know. It might not be such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my favorite part of this show, from the very 
beginning of the show to the very end has always been the Michael J. Fox. When Michael J. Fox does a cameo in the end of one of the seasons. I think it was like season seven or eight. I can't remember. Yeah, it's um, one of those. Where Larry and have have quite the interaction, and they actually make fun. They don't make fun. They kind of they kind of they make, make it. Light no, of, they normalize. They, they normalize his Parkinson's to the point yes. where his shaking his shaking becomes a part of the show. Where he actually thinks that 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 Michael J. Fox is shaking on purpose to fuck with him because he's living above him, and he's always stomping on the floor. So he's thinking he's doing it to piss him off when it's actually his Parkinson's. It's so fucking funny because Larry's confronting him. Here's here's a scene with him talking to uh, to Leon about Parkinson's and Michael J. Fox living above the uh, floor that he lives on. See that fucking milk you got in your hand right now? You hand that man a carton of fucking milk. Guess what? It's gonna be a fucking milkshake. That was not Parkinson's. Hey, thank God he ain't hand you his dick, you know what I mean? He could have been shaking and shook that dick up, hand you the dick, and the dick shot sperm in your face. Yeah, but what, what, why would he hand me a dick? I'm just an example. What kind of example is that? I'm just comparing it to other things you can shake up, right? With Parkinson's, right? You just live in a, a total dick world. I'm just, this is a good example, right? This shit don't go down in a black neighborhood, you know what I mean? All right, I'm gonna go up there. Unless you want to. If I go up there, I will kill this motherfucker. Michael J. Fox. About to be Michael J. fucked up in a minute. But you go up there, you and him, that's a, that's a fair fight and shit. You know what I'm saying? How's that a fair fight? Shaking motherfuckers <laughs> like that. You know, little kids and shit. Old people, motherfuckers who can't defend themselves. And you, that's perfect. You two face off. That shit is even Steven. Okay? That's not even Steven. That's even fucking Steven, Larry. You, you don't think I can get the better of him in a fight? That shaking shit might come in handy. I don't fucking know. The shaking shit might come in handy. <laughs> so yeah, they kind of normalize it, making, making it a punchline, which is fantastic. Michael J. Fox is completely in on it. This is Larry and Michael J. Fox uh, right. having a confrontation upstairs. Before you left, you were looking at me and you kind of, you know, shook your head. Uh, yeah, my head shakes. So I have Parkinson's. I, 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 I'm a head shaking fool. I just I'm always shake. So you're saying it was a Parkinson shake? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a Larry shake. Or... Got it. Okay. But she was playing <laughs> background music. It was not a performance. I mean, per se. To me. Is a little rude. If I went to see one of your movies and I was talking, you probably wouldn't like it. Well, I'd be surprised. Where are you going to see one of my movies? It's like 1985. Okay. I if I saw movie. one of your movies in 1985, you wouldn't like it if I was talking. It's getting into time travel. It's just getting weird. So, so just to be clear, you're, you're not upset. <laughs> Let me get that. I'll be back in two shakes. <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> lines of the show ever. <laughs> The uh, the tough part about I wanted the Michael J. Fox one, but so much of the stuff on it's his visual. episode Very is visual. visual. Like he shakes a soda and it blows up on Larry and stuff like that. Yeah, he, so he I, gives, to, he, yeah, I love he that. Hands, I'll be back in two shakes. So <laughs> he hands Larry a soda, and the soda explodes on Larry. Very visual scene, like you mentioned, and Larry blames the Parkinson's on it. And 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 uh, Michael J. Fox says it's the, it's the Parkinson's, but it's very visual. <laughs> Go back if, if you haven't seen the show. Go back and watch that episode. I'm not sure. Look it up on Google. I'm not sure what episode it is, but it's fantastic. The whole entire show is great from beginning to end. Um, and next season is the last, and it comes out this Sunday. So if you're into the show, it's going to be on HBO or on Max if you have the app on uh, on the streaming. Um, fantastic fucking show. Um, I never watched Seinfeld, but I love Curb. I yeah, love. I, I couldn't theme believe it. Uh, fantastic. Everything I, about it. Awesome. Once I'm pretty sure I got you into Curb. You did. Um, oh, yeah. I started watching. When I knew, it was like the third season was on, I, 
HBO didn't have like a streaming thing, and I wasn't gonna pay twenty bucks, or whatever it was. For yeah, you had all the DVDs. You had all the DVDs. That's so how I started I the, watching. I just bought the DVDs off Amazon. They're probably one of the first things I bought off Amazon, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got all the I got the first like four seasons on DVD. After well, I got the first season, and then I just kept getting them because yeah. they were so good. And uh, I was surprised though when they took that break because they didn't have a, the. They came out with season eight, I think, in two thousand eleven, yeah. and they took a break until two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Um. So I'm surprised you didn't actually watch some Seinfeld in between that time, because uh, no. you liked Curb so much. Yeah, but yeah, because I I I don't remember when I finished my Curb watch, but you took I, a break I think, too, I think. I did, yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. There was this show is is on the twelfth season, but it's been around for twenty years. Because he took a lot of breaks in between. They don't come out yeah. every year, so. Um, yeah. And like you mentioned, there was a big gap in between the middle of the series. Yeah. So. And I mean, the book mentions it too that he basically would. He wouldn't really work on ideas, but like he has this little black book that he like writes all stuff down, uh, which Jerry has on Seinfeld, um, and he would just randomly flip through that after like six or eight months of just writing down random ideas and be like, okay, we have enough ideas for a show. Like he would just do it whenever he wanted to. And HBO is like, all right, here's your production budget, give it to us when it's done, and they basically just hand it to HBO and say, this is the show. Yeah. And HBO's like, okay. Sounds good to us. And we'll talk about it now because we're going to talk, talk a little about the season because they've been promoting it. But um, they're saying that by the end of this new season, this will be the last, and you'll definitely know it's going to be the last. So it's making you yeah. think they're probably going to kill off Larry, which will be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that was a pretty good talk about that. We'll talk about that yeah. weekly, which will be great. We haven't done that on this yeah. show. So starting next week, we'll talk about the first episode that comes out on Sunday. Yep. Uh, so with that being said... Let's get into the news. And it's not a new seven without the trailer roundup. Uh, first trailer we're going to talk about is one that really turned me on to this fucking movie. is Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. I thought this trailer was fan-fucking-tastic. It looked amazing. I can't wait for this movie. comes out next month. Quickly. Um... Everybody in the cast is coming back. It does look like a sequel to the original. Plus, it looks like a sequel to the fucking original cartoons that were in the 80s, too. So, it does look great. Um, and I love Paul Rudd. I think out of, out of everything, Paul Rudd may be too much for the series. Just, But <laughs> I think I think um, everything, the whole entire song, I love the kids in the original. The uh, after the uh, yeah, it was the Afterlife was the first one. Yep. Um, I, and I, I, I love the dynamic that all of them had. Um, the kid from Stranger Things and the new kids that they yep. brought in. The girl who plays um, Spangler's um, um, granddaughter. Yeah. She was amazing, too. The whole new cast, they all work really yep. well. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I can't wait. You know what I told you before we started? What? About the casting? They started casting for the SNL movie. Oh, and I have that in the news. I have that in okay, the news. Okay, yeah, I didn't okay, know. Good. Okay, yep, I do have that. Yep. <laughs> I just, I just randomly thought of it out of fucking nowhere. Kevin, probably because we were talking just, about Ghostbusters. Kevin just had a brain <laughs> explosion in the middle of this, so I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Um, another trailer that came out this week: a a movie coming out in May called Tarot, based off the cards. Very, uh, very horror elements. The tarot cards taking over. Tarot is a is a. Uh, uh, kind of a uh, psychic type of thing where it yes. could be good or evil. This looks very scary. It's going to be a horrible movie coming uh, out in May. You ever get your your future read or whatever? I do down at short stands. Did you I get do. that done? No, but I do all the time because I have a friend that does it. But Tarot, oh, really? So oh. yeah, yep. So Tarot is uh, yeah. This movie looks scary as hell. So uh, 
Another movie, I think I tagged you in the trailer, I hope I did, a hip-hop story done by, um, fuck, I can't remember the comedian's name, but it, there's, it's kind of like, it looks almost like a scary movie type of movie. I'm sure it's going to be very B-rated, or B-movie-like, but, um... Yeah, I watched uh, it, and I was like... Oh. Crockett, Avion Crockett or something, I can't remember his name, but, um, he spoofs a lot of hip-hop artists from back in the day, Kanye, Jay-Z, he's, he's a, uh, he's a, um, uh, fuck... He does impressions, so he, he does a lot of impressions throughout it. It sounds almost like Jay-Z. So, um, does look funny. Um, another movie that came out, this is a preview that came out because of Henry Cavill's movie that came out this week, Argyle. Um, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. This is a World Not War sure about II. the title. <laughs> yeah, very long, very wordy. Um, it's a World War II movie done by... Oh, fuck, I can't remember who the director of this was. It's, it's um, uh, Guy Ritchie, isn't it? Guy Ritchie, yes, thank you. And uh, Henry Cavill, uh, Henry Golding, Alan Richson, who plays um, Reacher. Have you you started yes. watching Reacher yeah, too, I right? I finished Reacher. Um, I finished See, it. Uh, I was going to talk about it, but then decided not to because I didn't take let's any wait, notes. Let's wait till next week because I would like to watch okay. it too. Uh, two seasons, okay. correct, on on Prime? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about it next it's week. It's really good. Watch a few episodes uh, of the first season. And then um, World War Two. This, uh, I mean, it looks like a World War Two uh, kind of a true story type of movie. So I, I kind of interested in about it. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Looks and like it takes some liberties. It, like it some looks liberties, like it's yeah. going to be a, a fantastical type of of movie. And another movie trailer. The last one we're going to talk about this week, done by Jerry Seinfeld, directed by Seinfeld. Um, story of uh, the the uh, serial rivals coming up with a way to create a pastry. That will change the breakfast forever, and that pastry being the Pop Tart. Story called the movie is called Unfrosted: The Pop Tart Story, starring Jerry Seinfeld, Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Fred Armisen. I don't know about this movie. Didn't hear about anything till the trailer. This came must out be going today. like straight to Netflix. I guess is what, so. Is my guess because he? I think that's where Seinfeld still has their yeah, deal at. So deal, I yeah. would be surprised if it goes anywhere else but Netflix. Uh, interesting. This is kind of a trend. I mean, we had the Beanie yeah. Babies one, we Blackberry. had the GameStop one, the BlackBerry one, yeah, um, all within yeah. the last year, year and a half. Tetris, Air, um, kind of in the same, yeah, Air. So I, I actually I enjoy these a lot. Me too. Um, they're usually not bad, but it does worry me that Seinfeld wrote the whole thing by himself. Right. It looks like <laughs> it's weird because he's not like usually when when he's in a writer's room, he just gives ideas and the other guys come up with everything else. Um, Larry was always the voice on that show. Yeah, um, you could tell immediately. Well, George, me, George, Larry wasn't George there. is based off of him. So yeah, George Stanna. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully, it comes out soon-ish. I'm wondering if this is a Super Bowl thing. I guess the trailer was out and everything, so I don't know. I, nobody, I didn't even hear about this movie until I saw the trailer. So I fucking know. Oh, there no is idea. an actual trailer out. Oh yeah, the trailer's out. Yeah. Oh, so um, it's probably fucking comes out in like a month. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I know he's a big fan of Jim Gaffigan, so I'm not surprised he's in this. Melissa McCarthy, I know you have your feelings on her. And I love Fred Armisen. He's funny as hell. So Yeah. Um, so let's get into the uh, news. Uh, box office last week. Box office is kind of small right now, but Beekeeper won. Mean Girls number two. Wonka still number three. But they're only like seven to five million making yeah. each week. I mean, so. the dead time of the year right now. So uh, We saw Argyle last night. A $200 million movie. Uh, made one point. Seven million dollars last night in previews when we saw it. Um, it's probably oh, yeah. not going to do that well this weekend, but um, a lot of people are shitting on it. I, I don't understand the reviews because I, I did read it. I was kind of I was kind of turned off by it as well. But the movie 
isn't as bad as the reviews are saying, and I don't know what that's all about. I I, I, I didn't really read deep into them. Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not not too sure about it. But um, today, of course, there's a breaking news before we record. R.I.P. to Carl Weathers. Died at the age of 76. Um, of course, if you've seen Rocky, yep. he's Apollo Creed. Um, for me, the first time I saw him was Happy Gilmore. He played Chubbs. Yeah. Um, Predator. Um, he was in the new Mandalorian. He directed a bunch of episodes for that too. Um, yep. And yeah, he's just he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of comedies in the, in the recent years. I think he's yep. in like Thirty Rock or something. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's shown up in cameos. Yeah. He's been um, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, I saw this news on Twitter, and since I don't believe Twitter, I went to Wikipedia. And it didn't say he died on Wikipedia. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, so I guess it's fake. And then I hit refresh, and it refreshed to his death date. And I was like, fuck, that's kind of sad. That that literally happened while I was looking at the page. Yeah. That it was, like, formally whatever put online, even though anyone can edit that stuff. But Yeah, he actually like, died. Oh. He died yesterday. So it took, it, took yeah, he died 24 yesterday. hours 24 yeah. hours to come out. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a, yep, he had a, he had a quite, quite a big arc in the new Mandalorian se- seasons that have been out. I, uh... I wonder if it has anything to do with steroid use prior prior steroid use. I don't know. I don't but think Apollo, he was in the seventies, but Apollo was huge. Apollo was huge. Predator, he was in Predator. Yeah. He and Arnold Schwarzenegger would like have workout uh, contests. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was a big dude. Um, I, I loved him but, as Chubbs. I loved him as yeah. Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. Like that's he's so where, good as that's, Chubbs. That's 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 Carl Weathers yeah. for me. Um, for me, I watched it was Rocky Happy Layton. Gilmore, and then when I saw him in Happy Gilmore, I was like. <laughs> He's even better in this than he was in fucking Rocky. Yeah, because in like, Happy, he was like Happy, Gil- Happy Gilmore, yeah, he's great in comedy. Happy Gilmore, he doesn't have a hand. He gets eaten by an alligator. Yeah. So he's wearing a prosthetic the whole entire time. It's just fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. So RIP to Carl Weathers. Um, so last week, we kind of ended on the Vince McMahon news of the week, where <sighs> Vince McMahon got kicked out of uh, the WWE. He actually resigned after we recorded. Um, he resigned from the WWE and uh, TKO gro- Group Holdings, where he kind of he went in there... With a power struggle, with uh, I think with stocks, went in there and got a got a membership, stole a membership on the board, just to be part of the part of this new TKO group that they started with uh, with Ari Emanuel and everybody in the UFC, and uh, because it's so because funny of all the that Ari stuff from happened, Entourage is his boss. Like I know how, how funny is that? I know that Ari from Entourage runs the WWE and UFC right now. <laughs> it's crazy, and also this week on on Raw was the very first time that a McMahon has not been a part of wrestling. Uh, Vince, yeah. Stephanie, uh, the only one that's part of it now is Triple H. He's running creative. Yep. Um, he's he's the kind of the uh, running everything on, on WWE, which is crazy that Vince is not a part of anything he's done. But he's he's got a lot of problems legally, and he could be in jail for everything that happened when the investigation really gets into it. They also erased Brock Lesnar from everything. He's being erased from video yep. games. He's being erased from the plans for WrestleMania. He was supposed to be in the Rumble last week. They replaced him with um, Scott Scott, uh, uh, Rick Steiner's son, uh, Bronson, or uh, Bron Breaker. Bron, Bron Bron Breaker. He's awesome. Um, I love that guy. He is awesome. He's great, I'm, in, the I'm glad he's great I'm, in the video game. He's, he's got glad, a great moveset. I'm glad they gave him Brock's spot in the Rumble because it showed that yep. he's a fucking great, great wrestler. Um, remind me a lot of Scott when he was younger. Um, yeah, his his uncle. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, very so, very good. So Vincent Man left. Uh, Slim Jims. We talked about that. How they kind of paused their advertising. As they got off the podcast, they, had, they reinstated their yeah, thing. Really, and they ended up having commercials throughout the Royal, Royal Rumble, which we did walk, yep. watch. We'll talk about it a little bit. Um, Cody won the Rumble. Sam Punk got injured again, so he's out uh, indefinitely. 
So he's not going to be at WrestleMania, so that sucks. Unless it's a work. Unless it's a work, which could be, but... Um, yeah, because he did get he did get attacked by uh, by Drew McIntyre, so it could very well could be. Um, but yeah. Cody's going to Mania, uh, teasing a match with him and Rollins. Uh, I think it'll be Rock and Reigns. I think that's why they're they're going to the Rollins route. But um, yeah. yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I'm excited for Mania. It is WrestleMania 40, so it's a big year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see all about that. Um, so let's get into the rest of the news. Uh, Disney and Hulu started going out with their password cracking down this week. So if you're sharing a password for any of these, Disney is actually. Uh, uh, threatening that they will terminate your account if they catch you password sharing. Um, <laughs> Hulu. Okay, Disney, watch this. Sorry. And Hulu. <laughs> and Hulu is also doing the same. They're owned by Disney, so there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of problems. The the renaissance of streaming during COVID that happened is non-existent anymore. Everything is going to be done with advertisements. Um, where it was an ad-free world a decade ago, or even five years ago, now. You have to pay for premium. In fact, it was this week that Amazon yep. Prime started charging two ninety nine for advertising. And I actually yeah, when I logged on to watch Reacher, that happened. I was like, yeah. nope, not accepting that. Yeah, I actually so, don't mind commercials now. Like Peacock has the commercials, and honestly, it just gives you. All right, I can just go on my phone for thirty seconds. It's fucking like, it's TV. It's fucking TV. Twenty <laughs> or thirty years ago, we grew up with commercials, yep. but kids nowadays, <laughs> kids nowadays are flipping it. the fuck out. But yeah, it's uh yeah that's that's the new thing. Password sharing is going to be a problem, um, which means that you can't share accounts, which is fucking ridiculous because these things are getting expensive. Like Disney Plus and Hulu now, if you have the combination right now, I believe I have ad free is twenty twenty dollars for the two, which is not bad considering you have two streaming services. Um, Hulu does have quite a bit of stuff through ABC and, yeah, and FX. I love Hulu. Yeah, and Fox. But uh, but Disney Plus has a lot has a very it's a very niche. However, they do have a lot of Disney stuff. Uh, the archive of Disney is quite expansive, yeah. and that's how and they get you. That's how they get you, and of course they get Marvel and Star Wars. So yeah, um, out of all of them, Netflix, even though it's twenty one something a month now, they have quite the library of shit, and now they're gonna have the Raw every week on there as well. I mean, holy shit. So Netflix. The only uh, problem with Netflix is only like a quarter of their library is good. Well, their their home very, library. And it's so. very difficult to find shit on there too. I I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot. Well, I was just talking to somebody this week. Netflix has a lot of great sci-fi. Like you talk Umbrella Academy, yep. Stranger Things, of course. Um, they have a lot of great great sci-fi shows. Uh, Ted Sarandos and, uh, who runs that does a great job with that shit. Stand-up comedy also. They have a great stand-up stand library. Yeah, their stand-up library and, and how they have their deals with stand-ups. That's where they are. They don't go to HBO anymore. That's where they go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into the rest of the news. Um, Suicide Squad, Kill the, Kill the Justice League came out this week. I have not played it, of course. Um, but they had a lot of problems with servers. So they are giving a $20 uh, in-game currency as an apology for the servers uh, failing this week during the pre-order for the game. Uh, people who pre-ordered the game, like myself, could play three days later, and I did not get to it. So it was a waste of money. But but the, uh, but the but people who did pre-order and tried to get in and couldn't get in, they're giving a $20 in-game currency to buy like, yeah, it's cross-room upgrades. online-only bullshit yeah. that they do. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the game came out. I may try to play it this week. I really hope because I do want to play it. I've already been spoiled by the... cash in on your 20 bucks. <laughs> I've already been spoiled. I've already been spoiled on the shit in the game, which I don't really care about because we already know that yeah. Kevin Conroy's had died in real life. So I think it's, into it it's now, funny but... that 
a certain segment of a certain fan base is blaming Gunn for this game. I, I think can that's the imagine, fucking thing. I can't imagine that would be the case. Oh, you have yes. no idea. Oh, it's it's rough. <laughs> People that haven't even played the game and that will never play the game blame James Gunn for a game they'll never play. <laughs> yep. Um, Nia Long, we just talked about her recently. We're doing a Teach Race Sports segment on the Boston on Boston yes. Celtics. Um, she's going to be playing Catherine Jackson in the uh, Michael Jackson biopic you just mentioned oh, earlier. Nice. Anton Farquaad's uh, uh, biopic on Michael Jackson. Um, good casting between uh, Coleman Domingo and her. I think they'll be a good patriarch to the, to the Michael Jackson Jackson family. So that'll be good. Um, we were talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David's going on a two-tour, two-date tour um, live tour of uh, the Kirby Enthusiasm. He's going to be talking about it with a mystery moderator done, doing one in Washington, D.C. on March 29th and one in Boston on April 1st. Tickets went on and sale this week. Tickets are extremely expensive. Yeah, I kind of figured they would be. Uh, limited limited engagement. So, yeah, they're uh, like 400 bucks. Oh, that fuck that. Yeah, so we're not going to be seeing yeah. that. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that next week when, when the Curb episode premieres on Sunday. Um, wanted to mention this because there's probably going to be news coming out soon. Amelia Earhart's plane wreckage may have been found on the ocean floor after 87 years. I love history like this. Um, this is yeah, a mystery. Um, this this wreckage has never been found. She was kind of lost. Uh, one of the very first uh, overseas uh, air flights, and uh, she was lost, never to be found. Never found any uh, any evidence of the crash. Any any parts of her plane were never found. Um, they took some uh, video under 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 the water and may have. there and trying to find it in, in coming weeks but um snl 1975 you actually mentioned this the cast they've actually cast garrett morris dan Aykroyd, chevy chase and john belushi yep. um lamore lamore morris who is in new girls playing garrett morris um dylan o'brien is playing dan Aykroyd. dylan o'brien was in those um those um uh, maze movies i can't remember what they were yeah and he was up for um he was oh that's a good tie-in to Curb is that I was watching the episode earlier yes. where they were talking about casting him as young Larry David. Yep. But he was also up for the Batman. Um, yep, that's he right. He was one of the three finalists for the Batman also. Um, Corey Michael Smith is playing Chevy Chase. Now, he was in Gotham. He played the Riddler, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Matt Wood is playing John Belushi. Um, and these are just a few of the cast. Uh, I, I can't fucking wait for this movie. This Who's going to be, uh, what's his name, the first guest host they had? Um, uh, George Carlin? Yeah. Because they gotta know. cast him because this is all about the first episode. First episode, yeah, yeah. So I can't so wait. So they gotta cast George Carlin unless they do something like from behind shot and they just use like his voiceover or something. Yeah, um, they have. To. That's a that's a tough tough role to nail. Yeah, casting George Carlin. <laughs> yeah, they haven't they haven't they haven't done any of the females yet. They haven't done. Um, uh, I can't remember her name, but she died. Uh, she was married to um, Gene Wilder. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, they haven't done any of the full casting. But these are just the first announcements. Um, I can't wait to uh, see this movie, uh, directed by Jason Reitman. So uh, yep. we'll wait and see. It's gonna um, be good. It's gonna be good. Kung Fu, a show I never watched. I know it starred uh, David Carradine. Um, I only know it from the movie Office Space. Yep, uh, and, the, and the fact that it was on, but I never watched it. They're going to be doing a uh, reboot at Universal starring Donnie Yen, who is the new Jackie Chan in, uh, in Hollywood. He was just recently in um, John Wick 4. Um, yep. He played the blind guy in Rogue One, if you remember Rogue One. He was a blind guy who loved the... He was kind of like a Jedi sympathizer. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he's going to be in the new uh, screen reboot of uh, Kung Fu. Um, this is Kung Fu was, was a show that was... Uh, 
about a guy who was in the in the West, like the Wild West, and he was a kung fu he was a kung fu artist. Originally, this role was supposed to be for um, for um, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee died, and uh, this uh, David Carradine took over. Um, and uh, he does he does kind of uh, kung fu in the Wild West, which is kind of weird. That show was on forever, wasn't it? It was on forever, and they did like uh, kung fu. The legend continues time. in the nineties. That's what um, we grew up on. Okay. That's what we grew yeah. up on. Yep. Yep. Um, Kung Fu is way earlier than that. Yeah. It was announced this week that uh, Quentin Tarantino's tenth movie will be called the Movie Critic. This is supposed to be his final movie, and Brad Pitt's going to have a part in it. Uh, not saying Good. too much about it. Uh, Deadline article came out this week, coming out next year, twenty twenty five. I hope I hope he brings back everyone. I hope he brings back fucking yeah. We well, can't bring back Bruce Willis, but I hope he brings back uh, Sam Jackson. Um, anyone that he's worked with that he's that's been like major, I think would all be the Quentin, just all the Quentin, spot. all the Quentin guys yeah. need to be in this movie. Yep. Yep. Um, coming on 2025, 2025 is a loaded fucking year. At the end oh, of this year, wait. at the end of this year, when we do our 2025 preview episode, holy shit, it's gonna be an episode to look forward to. Um, Jim Carrey returning for Sonic 3, they announced that this week or today, actually. Kristen Ritter and Christo Fernandez, who was in, um, Football is Life and Ted Lasso are going to be joining the cast of that movie. All the original uh, voice actors from the first two movies are coming back for this as well. So Sonic 3, I never saw Sonic 1 and 2. I love the video games. I played them you when I was a You never saw the kid. Sonic movies? No, i never seen them yet. Um, first you know one's pretty I, good. I never saw the second. I've never seen that. I haven't seen the new Turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All the stuff that I loved as a kid, I haven't, been, I haven't caught up on. So I, I need to. Um, but yeah, Kristen, Kristen Ritter, who was uh, Jessica Jones, and Chris Fernandez, who was in Ted Lasso, joining the cast. Um, also, speaking of joining the cast, Catherine O'Hara, who was in Argyle, um, joining the cast of The Last of Us in an undisclosed role in Season 2. Um, of course, the mother in Home Alone played uh, Kevin's mother. And uh, yeah, I don't know who she'd be playing in, because I, I haven't played that, that video game, so I don't know. But uh, she's been cast today. Um, speaking of Larry David, very Larry David-centric episode, yesterday he was on the Today Show and he fucking attacked Elmo, and it's one of the greatest videos ever. It is Elmo, hilarious. Elmo was talking about, um, mental health, and Larry was waiting in the shadows, ready to be interviewed for Curb, and he was getting so pissed off about this interview that he just ended up going off, <laughs> going into the Today Show set, and he goes there and starts beating up the, the Elmo puppet. In front of the cameras, and the and the hosts are acting like it's like it's a death of a. They're just acting like fucking mental, but but yeah. And this is what he had to say about it. I thought this was a great explaining why he attacked Elmo. Elmo was talking. I was waiting to be interviewed, and Elmo's going on about mental health, and I had to listen to every word. And I was going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I don't think I could take another second of this. So I got off my chair and I approached him, and I throttled him. I couldn't take it. It's fucking great. If you haven't seen the um, video, search it out. It's awesome. Did you see? Did you see um, when somebody asked him about Taylor Swift? Yeah, I, I think I did see something about and that. He goes, and he goes. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, he was on he was on the red carpet and uh, and somebody had asked him what's what's next for you, Larry. I was like, I don't I don't know. He's, he's very he's not a, he's pretty much the character you see on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, is Larry David. That's yep. who he is. Um, he did a really good interview with Howard Stern about a decade ago. I think it was very good. And that's I've the first heard time that I've ever the first time I heard him really talk uh, poetically about shit, but. Uh, um, Suits, a show that's very popular on Netflix, is going to be rebooted. 
in a LA-based uh, spinoff. Uh, gonna be on NBC, not on not on uh, USA like it was before. Suits Los Angeles. Um, never watched it. I know Dulé Hill showed up in the last season of that show uh, after Psych had ended. I know what's yep. her name, Meghan Markle, who's married to Prince Harry, who was on that show, got her yep. star on there. Um, never watched an episode. I don't know anything about it. I know it was promoted heavily when we were watching Psych. So yeah, I don't know. We'd probably um, love it to be honest if we watched it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, my roommate watched it and he said this is very much like Psych. <laughs> okay. Um, I've seen a Eddie, few episodes, but never got into it. Huge. Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy's big movie coming out this summer: Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F, the fourth movie in the franchise, um, premiering officially on July third on Netflix. Um, released some some still photos of it this week, promoting it. I know Netflix put out a lot of uh, teasers this week about shit too. So, um, also released on on uh, on line this week was the first poster for Beetlejuice yes. too, which is officially titled Beetlejuice Beetlejuice coming out on my birthday this year on uh, September sixth. Yep. So uh, Beetlejuice Beetlejuice, which is a great great title. And if it- they make a sequel. They gotta name it Beetlejuice Beetlejuice Beetlejuice, and he disappears yeah. because that's the whole that's the whole point of Beetlejuice. So. Yep. Um, I know um, you're not a fan of Tim Burton. Were you a fan of the original movie with that? With oh, that? I love Beetlejuice. It depends okay. on the movie with Tim Burton. I didn't yeah, like his does. stop motion stuff. It's really hit or, it depends on the movie. Even though it's not a very good movie, I did like his Planet of the Apes uh, take on Planet of the Apes because I was a huge Mark Wahlberg fan. I think I, I think I saw that in the theater with you. So yeah. Um, so. so it's very. It depends on the project. I love the original Beetlejuice though. Yeah. Um, so Michael I'm all Keaton, for of course. this. Yeah. Is this? A theater thing or a Netflix thing? Definitely theater. Yeah, theater coming okay. out on my birthday. Because so. I know he's got a deal with Netflix, so I didn't know if they were going to take that. So yeah, and uh, the cast is kind of crazy. They're bringing everybody yeah. back. Uh, I know Willem Dafoe's coming back is like a paranormal, um, something like in, on, under. Uh, I can't remember what, exactly what it was, but Willem Dafoe is part of the cast. Um, they announced this week this epic universe at Universal. They released all the parks that are going to be officially part of it. Um, Super Nintendo World, we already knew they were building in in Orlando. Um, Dark Universe, they're bringing all the uh, Universal monsters to it. Um, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they're going to be doing the Ministry of Magic there. And, uh, How to Train Your Dragon. And pretty much the, the main parts of this uh, whole entire world that they're bringing in. Um, it does look pretty cool. It's going to be connected to the other the other two parks. Um I, 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 as an adult, I always preferred Universal Studios to, um, to the Disney parks just because Disney's made yeah. for kids. Universal, it's a lot of it's changed since we were there last, or since I was there last. Um, I think most of the rides that we were when we were there are gone. Like Back to the Future, we've talked yeah. about it before, but um, yeah. I'm gonna it does look uh, pretty cool. I might go to Universal when I go down there in March. We'll this, see. We'll this see how these feeling. <laughs> this will open. This will all open in uh, twenty twenty five. So yeah, twenty twenty five. Yep. Big year. Well, yeah, I'm not, but I will go there. I will be going to Universal at some point in March, probably. Cool. Because I like that park. I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but uh, Devo's Mark Mothersbaugh, who was a lead, he was a lead singer of that group, um, talked in a t- talked in a podcast this week about meeting with Steven Spielberg and Robert Robert Zemeckis about uh, originally playing Doc Brown in Back to the Future. They were actually looking for him. Uh, if you remember the movie, Huey Lewis actually had a cameo in the movie. Um, yep. They are actually wanted him to play this weird scientist character that sends uh, this this kid in back in back in time, um, and that's where, kind of where the story was in the beginning. This is probably early '80s where they started talking to him. Yeah, it's probably when they were still a refrigerator. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And uh, so yeah, they, they he said that they were actually uh, trying to talk to talk him into it, and and 
the first time I ever heard of it. I never heard any stories mm-hmm. about that before. I so thought we knew everything about those movies. I know. Um, Steve Martin, a documentary coming out in two parts. Uh, Going to be coming out on Apple TV on March 29th. I'm a huge fan of Steve Martin. The Jerk is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yep. Um, so I can't wait for that. Apple TV Plus coming out. Um, let's get into the comic book movie news of the week. El Murto, a movie we thought was dead. Well, it was definitely dead with Bad Bunny, but they're bringing it back, Sony, um, reportedly back in development for some reason. A character that was only had two appearances in the comic books. For some reason, they're going to be doing a uh, Sony Spider-Man spinoff of it. Who fucking knows why. But uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing Mor- uh, Morbius, and the week after, we're going to be reviewing um, um, Madam Web. So look forward to those. Uh, Kristen Ritter, uh, who was Jessica Jones in Jessica Jones and the Netflix series for Marvel, posted a picture on Instagram wearing the iconic uh, t-shirt that she wore in that show, speculating that she may be on set for Daredevil Born Again. And she, cause The only reason it speculated is because she quickly deleted it from her Instagram as well. Um, so if you had, so uh, if you were able to see that, you kind of realize, oh shit, she may be actually on set right now filming. Um, no official word on if she's part of that series or not. I think between her and the guy who played Luke Cage were the best part, besides the Daredevil cast. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot that I don't that, think. <clears throat> I don't think Luke Cage will be back because he didn't want yeah. to do it anymore. He yeah. didn't want to work out. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also mentioned last week that Karen and uh, Foggy may be back. Well. After we recorded, spoilers, if you don't want to know this, skip to the next 30 seconds. Um, not only were, were there signs of their attorneys at law practice on the show, but there are spy photos of them walking around with Matt Murdock on set. Um, and I uh, can't wait to see them back. I, this is going to be definitely a continuation. I think after Echo came out, they kind of had a realization, yeah, this should definitely be a sequel to the series, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't separate And apparently we're it. getting way less episodes, so hopefully they go back to the yep. 13 or it seems the like that. 10. It seems I like mean, that's I, the case. Yeah. It seems like these two are only in like three episodes, and same with Bullseye, yep. so that's the rumor. Yep. I don't know if that means they'll just have them killed on screen as opposed to off screen like the original plan was, but I think whatever they're doing now is going to be a completely different show than what they had planned before. Yep. Um... So, Thunderbolt's going through a lot of casting problems. Dave, uh, Steven Yen lost, last, uh, left, the, left the movie because it just took too long to make. So did um, uh, Eo Idabrary from The Bear. She left as well um, for, in an undisclosed role. Um, Geraldine Viswanathan, she was in Blockers. I thought she was great in that movie. She was the kid who was pretty much the star of that movie with John Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. She was she was great in that movie, and she's actually taking the place. Low key, pretty good. It is right, and uh, so yeah, this uh, this movie is going to be in development very very mm-hmm. soon. It's gonna be it's gonna be start filming I think this month, and uh, they're just trying to fin- finish the uh, casting news. And uh, um, Bill Pullman's son, we talked about it last week, is did take over for the Stephen Yen role, so he's going to be the Century. I mean, I did find out for sure it was uh, Bill Pullman's son. He was in the Top Gun. So, uh, yeah, I don't know much about him. I haven't seen Top Gun only once, and I, I would like to watch that again. Um, and, by the way, uh, after we get through the Madam Web of it all, we're going to start our um, our Marvel MCU. Watch 2, our MCU Watch. We're going to start out with Black Widow. Probably by the end of the month, we'll get into Black Widow and do a proper review because we, we watched that movie before we started the podcast, so we're going to review that. Um, 
Finn Jones um, was Iron Fist in the Netflix uh, Marvel series. Um, Marvel Studios planning a female-led Iron Fist project. Um, Danny Rand may be a supporting character, not the lead. Um, if that's the case, I'm sure they're going to be bringing in the girl. I can't remember her name, but she, I thought she was great. From uh, Chadwick or something like that? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. She was in Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, but she was great. Um, yeah. I thought she was great in uh, Iron Fist. I actually liked Iron Fist a lot more yeah. than people Iron liked Iron Fist it. is good. Yeah. I mean, the first season is basically the first season of fucking Arrow. Just a right. different type of character. Right. They just didn't do a great job with um, his look, I guess a lot of people were mad about. Yeah. But whatever. It's Iron Fist. Who really gives a fuck? Yeah, who gives a fuck? Exactly. <laughs> um, but they're going to be doing a female-led Iron Fist, which I think will be good. I, I, if they bring her back, I thought she was good. I hope they bring her back. We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah. Blade reboot. Um, rumored to be in production still. Um, but maybe by the end of the year, we'll have to wait and see. This movie's been uh, having a lot of yeah. problems behind the scenes. With, with This is like the Flash producing. at this point. Uh, yeah. I won't believe it until I'm literally in the theater waiting for the thing to roll. And, I mean... Yeah, that's basically where I'm at yeah. right now with this movie. Uh, rumor, plot details, uh, villain, Black Knight's role. Um, still a period piece, uh, very much rated R. Uh, Lilith, who is going to be played by Mia Goth. Lilith is one of the first Yay. vampires. Um, is going to get a hold of some blood from Blade's daughter so she can create um, daywalkers of her, uh, like her own army of daywalkers. Um, and she's also going to be reportedly wielding the ebony blade the last time we saw that was Black Knight in Eternals, and Blade actually so, had the Ebony Blade. You actually hear him talking about if, it in the after credit scene in Eternals. If this is a period piece, I wonder if that means that at the end of this movie is where we find out how the Ebony Blade gets to the end of Eternals. Right. If this is takes place before it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's we'll you know what I'm see. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm if we sure. ever see this movie. If we ever see it, uh, who knows. It's kind of weird. It's, Blade is kind of a weird movie to be putting into the... Uh, into the MCU? MCU right now. So it's yeah. kind of weird that it's there in the beginning. Um, Captain America Brave New Worlds going under reshoots. We talk about it all the time how they kind of had a conclave back in October and decided to stamp, uh, stamp down on a lot of the stuff going on in the MCU, which is a good thing. Um, that means quality over quantity. And uh, one of the things that they're talking about is that the reshoots rumored for Captain America Brave New World completely removed the Serpent Society, who. Seth Rollins from WWE was a big part of that. I think he was a leader of the Serpent Society at one point. And his scenes could be completely cut out from the movie. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I, I can't wait to see this in Red Hulk and see how this actually turns out. So I think it'll be good. But it's, it's one of those things you're just going to wait and see. Um, Fantastic Four script rumored to be undergoing another rewrite as well. Um, new scribes brought on board this movie. I don't know when the casting announcement will be made. I'm pretty sure we may be waiting until July. They missed out Comic-Con last year. I think Comic-Con this year could be huge if they just announced everything and do a new slate because obviously everything's got stretched out because of COVID, because of fucking the strikes that happened last year that ruined everything in Hollywood, but especially the, the Marvel of it all. Um, but it also could have been a silver they, lining for Marvel. So they need to stop say. announcing slates. <laughs> That's a big well, problem worked, with them. It worked, it worked a decade it, ago, but it, they didn't have well, as much is, on the plate. They didn't. They didn't do the slates until, like, Phase 2. They didn't do the slates in Phase 1. They just made good movies, and that's what got people to come back. But for the most part, they always made their deadlines. Except for a couple times. I think the only one that I can remember yeah, really was Inhum Inhumans was, was taken off the schedule. But for the most yeah, part, except for Star Wars. Else. Star Wars is completely different because they announced shit way too soon. Half the shit they've already well, announced for Star Wars may not even show, show up on screen. Well, I mean, 
DC did the same thing. There was that right. time where they announced like 20 projects and they had nobody attached to do any of them. Where um, the fuck is so the Cyborg if movie? I was Marvel, if I was Marvel, I would I would make sure people were attached to things. I know yeah. they ended up firing pretty much everyone that was attached to stuff when they last announced the slate. Yeah. As far as writers go, but yeah. They should just announce less. Like even if you plan to do more, announce less. You can announce a new three movies that you might be working on every year if you do Comic-Con. You don't yeah. have to announce four years worth of shit at once. Yeah. That's right. that's my point. Yeah. Just limit yourself because you never know. You could run to another strike. Uh, writers could quit. Writers could get fired. They get another job. Like you never know what could happen in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about the Kang of it all, Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Jonathan Majors was fired a few months ago. Um, we talked about uh, uh, Coleman Domingo being maybe part of it. Um, John, um, we've talked about uh, John Boyega being a fan favorite. John David Washington rumored to be on Marvel's shortlist to play him as well. Yep. Uh, no information on this either. So, like I said, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of variety of articles between now and July. But I have a feeling, unless they do their own version of uh, Disney Celebration, they do a Marvel type of thing like that, I don't think we're going to be seeing any news, big news, official news, until Comic-Con in San Diego in July, which will be huge. Um, and we'll see a whole slate um, going forward. This and, is kind of... Uh, casting. Not really, well, kind of related, but not really about John David Washington. I really want him and his dad to do a movie before his dad dies. You're right. Like, especially like one of those movies or a TV show where it could be flashing back and forth, the younger and the older him. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody pitch something on actually like a, the next season of True Detective, having it be like that. I really want them to work together before Denzel goes off because they're both fucking fantastic. Yep, great actors. And I loved him in Tenet and I loved him in yep. uh, The Creator. Both great movies. He's great in everything, yeah. Yep. Um, James Gunn went on uh, Twitter this week, talked about uh, some things going on behind the scenes with uh, DC. Um, somebody asked him, a year later, does it look like more projects will enter the chapter, or do the strikes ensure that wouldn't happen? And he said, some things have shifted around, some projects now earlier, others later, and other new projects are being developed. Like I said from the beginning, we are going to put things in production based on when we have a great script and nothing else. And luckily, we've had some great strips take us by surprise. So... I, it seems like they're doing the right thing over at yeah. DC. They're waiting for the scripts yep. rather than announcing the movies, which is fantastic. Not a lot of right. studios. Not I'm not not talking about just comic books. The concepts general, usually yeah. take over before the scripts are even completed. Yes. So this is great. The great news. Yeah, um, I think speaking, he, he gets it. He can't. He, he can't, gets it. He can't announce like he said. Like he announced like his whatever ten projects, but those are only the ones that he kind of had lined up and ready to go. So I'm sure people have come in to pitch other things that he can shift things around. Maybe we'll get something before we get Swamp Thing that wasn't announced. So it's good news as long as they have good scripts and yep. the product is good. It should be should be good. Uh, Colin Farrell playing the Penguin in this uh, TV show. Comic accurate upgrade from the uh, latest set photos came out of him with the iconic uh, Penguin uh, jacket. With uh, with the uh, yep, kind of in the, in the comic book, they're more feathered on the uh, on the uh, on the outside. But this one is uh, him uh, filming the movie in that iconic uh, penguin suit. So we'll have to wait and see. The uh, there was a clip that was released online today of them shooting a scene, and after it was over, like he went over to like one of the people stayed in character. And it was like, are you okay? Are you good? And the person like because the person got like rocked on like a whatever stunt. <laughs> it was pretty funny though to see him stay in character the entire time. Yeah. And finally in news, James Gunn officially announced that Millie Alcock is going to be playing Supergirl in, in Woman of Steel, uh, in Woman of Tomorrow. Woman of Tomorrow. 
Um, yes. So House of Dragon, she was fantastic in that. I think this is perfect yep. casting. I was all for it in, yep. from the beginning when I first heard about she, it. She fits his description. He was, um, especially, she was the first person that he like, thought of when yeah. he thought of this role way before the script was even written. He told Peter Safran that uh, he brought her up to him. Um, he was watching House of Dragon and thought she might have an edge, grace, and authenticity they, they needed for the DCU's uh, Supergirl going forward. So I think this is fantastic. Great casting. Yeah. Great uh, great eye on James Gunn to find this uh, find this yeah. person. Um, and I loved her. And I loved her in House of Dragon. I thought she was better than the uh, the second um, the second her older version. They're both great, character. but they're both completely different characters. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah. As far I mean, they're the same character, but at the same time, they're different versions of that character. Yeah. One was just had been through some shit. <laughs> um, yeah, good yeah. casting. Looking and, forward uh, to it. Yeah, John John Murphy will be scoring Superman Legacy. I don't know yes. what other movies he's done, but uh, uh, he scored Kickass. He scored Guardians Three. Awesome. He scored Suicide Squad. Um, I love what he did on Kick-Ass. Um, and yeah, me too. He's worked with uh, 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later. He did both of those also. Nice. Nice. Uh, so that's it for news. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Curb Your Enthusiasm, the, the season uh, premiere of the fi- final season. Um, Netflix has a new documentary about the We Are the World uh, movie, uh, We Are the World video called Greatest Night in Pop. I've been oh. hearing great things about it all week. I'm going to try to watch that. Gonna be reviewing Morbius with uh, Jared Leto. Fucking kill me. Um, Halo season two premieres next Thursday, I believe. I'm watching that. Uh, Month of February actually premiered today. Mr. and Mrs. Smith getting great reviews. It's gonna be on Prime. It's a series starring uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Um, Madam Web comes out on the 14th, as well as Bob Marley One Love. We were just talking about that yesterday. We may may be watching those that same weekend. And it's also Black History Month. And we were we were talking off pod that we're gonna watch a uh, black black Af- African American movie every week, and we haven't done it this week, so we've already fucked that up. But we're gonna start next week. We're gonna try to pick a movie. There's a lot of movies that we found comedies, mostly comedies, that are kind of weird, kind of uh, kind of yeah. We'll, we'll get into it next week when we pick our first movie. Why don't we watch? We'll say it right now. Why don't we watch Watermelon Man? Okay. So we'll get into that. We'll get into a Black History Month movie next week because uh, we are all for uh, we're all for the culture, power to the people. Yes. With that awkward silence, let's uh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Later. Don't think we forgot. Well, actually, we did. We're going to review Argyle for about five minutes because there's some spoilers that we want to talk about this movie that we didn't want to talk about in the pod because there's a lot of twists and turns in this movie that are mm. kind of uh, very spoilerific, and we didn't want to bring it up. So, Argyle in the movie, we were wondering who it was going to be, and it ended up being the art author, who yes. was um, who was um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I thought that twist was fantastic. I thought it was great. Um, I didn't really see it coming out of nowhere. I thought it was going to be, um, Sam Rockwell's character was going to be based off of Argyle, but it ended up being the John Cena character was based yes. off of him. 
which I thought was a great twist. Yep. Um, and if you think about it too, like in general, John Cena, the way he acts is kind of comedic too. So the, right. that ended up working out really well. It um, did. I just have a it question makes... for you. Yeah. So when they pause on her, when she's looking through the file yeah. and they pause on her, when she gets the picture of herself, that she was a double agent, basically. Yeah. Who did you think that was a picture of? Do you think it was him? I thought it was, it was the cat? me. I thought it was the cat. I thought it was be Sam Rockwell. Um, <laughs> yeah, same here. Maybe. Yeah. He was kind of being two-faced throughout the whole entire thing. He was so too we coy. Really sure. He was yeah, too, too coy. coy. <laughs> but it's because he was in love, and then they find out that they were actually dating before she got yes. lost. Basically, what the movie is about is this woman is working for the secret organization. It's kind of like, an, like a CIA type of FBI and she ends up she ends up getting lost and she ends up getting injured to the point where she loses her memory. Um, and this evil organization come in and they brainwash her and she completely loses who she was. Um, and that includes her past, her boyfriend. She was a spy, she was a double agent, all of this shit. She forgets all of that. And um, she, they end up brainwashing her, making her think that she is a making her think that she's an author. And she she goes into a she goes into this um, with a lost memory. She starts writing a book based off this Argyle character. Argyle, her I can't remember her first name, but it was her initials. R Ellie. Ellie. It was Ellie. Yep. And Ellie, um, yeah. And uh, she becomes she becomes this author. Writes five books in the series. The fifth book ends. She starts writing it, and she kind of ends, and she can't figure out the rest of the story. The reason why she can't figure out the rest of the story is because the books have been telling her life while she was a spy, kind of subconsciously. Like she didn't realize what was going on. And when she got to the end of the fifth book, it actually ended where she lost her memory, so she couldn't figure out the end of the story. So this movie kind of plays off like the end of her story, what happens, which I thought was a fantastic way of doing it. Um, so what else? Could we, what else should we talk about with this movie? I mean, um, real quick, I'll get the Taylor Swift stuff out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Matt Vaughn's daughter is a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Yeah. And they saw, like, her doing something, like, video or something like that, and she has a cat. So they went out and they, without Matt Vaughn even knowing, the mother bought them the same exact cat, which is the cat they used in the movie, um, unless they were doing the CGI, because the cat was mostly CGI in the movie. Um, and also, the other Taylor Swift thing is, this is based on a book that nobody has been able to contact the author about. Right, some, I heard about some that. weird shit about that. So online, so many people thought that, that Taylor was, Swift wrote yes. the book, that she was the author. I'm so um, glad you remembered this. I forgot about this. I heard about it two weeks. I just ago. did a little. I just did a little. I just did a little googling this morning. Kind of got lost down a rabbit hole of all this stuff. And also, um, you should probably check it out tonight. Um, Real Blend this week interviewed Matthew Vaughn about the movie since you okay. like the movie so much. It's a good interview. But that that's, he explains the uh, post credit scene. Yes. Um, where. A guy goes into a bar called uh, the Kingsman, right? Set, set twenty years before the movie, the end of the movie. It's twenty years. Yeah. Set twenty years ago, or I believe. It yes. Said. Um, and King, he goes the into a Kingsman, bar. The Kingsman, the yes. Kingsman, Matthew Vaughn's yes. Kingsman. Yes. Um, so he's tying this into the Kingsman universe, and another universe he hasn't, or another movie he hasn't done yet, or he hasn't said what he's doing yet. And basically, I think from that interview what i got is maybe you can tell me if i'm wrong or not but it sounds like there's a book called king's uh called argyle uh book one or something like that it's a prequel yes. book coming out to the character of argyle and that's like the first chapter and where he gets his gun or something like that 
um, is kind of how he explained it. Um, so okay. the post credit scene was basically a scene that he shot by himself. Uh, the studio had no idea that he was shooting it, and he just threw it into the end of the movie. Um, and he has a he has a he tells some great stories about um, when he started doing stuff like that. Um, uh, it's it's a good interview. It's like twenty minutes, I think. It's it's a good time. But um, yeah, I guess that explains the ending. I was very confused, like you were last I was night. Too. I was like, like, "What the fuck is that? What the fuck?" Um, so I guess it's just yeah, it's just tying all these universes together, and I guess eventually we'll get a Kingsman crossover with this, which would be interesting. Awesome. It would be interesting and awesome at the same time. Um, at one because you can pull from any era of the Kingsman to go with this, right? Too, so at one point in the movie, I was almost thinking like this was going to be like a fever dream with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's yep. character. Yep. Um, like is this is she is she sleeping on the train in the beginning? She's kind of goes on a train and everything kind of changes yeah. from that point forward. I thought did she fall asleep on the train? It's a dream. Yep. Is she trying to come up with the end of the story? And this is kind of what she was coming up with in her head. Yeah. But it ended up being real. Like she was she was really a spy. She ended up writing this story. She gets her memory back by the end. Um, she finds out she was a double agent. Um, yep. She was in love. She was in love with um, Sam Rockwell's character. Um, Samuel L. Jackson has a has a um, has a little cameo part in this. It's a little um, bit more than a cameo. I mean, he's basically yeah. in much of the third act. Like basically, yeah. they removed Henry Cavill and put Sam Jackson in the third yeah. act. Yeah. Is basically what happened. Yeah, you're right um, about Henry, Henry Cavill should have been in this a lot more than he was. He wasn't. But um, the way the story folds out, it makes sense that he wasn't in it a lot once she finds out the truth. And there's also um, a lot of cool scenes where yeah. she's looking in a mirror and she always sees Argyle because she's trying to write this fifth, the ending to this fifth story. Yes. And because of this, because she's trying to figure out the ending of this fifth, fifth story, the, the bad guys in this movie are trying to figure out what happened to this device that they've been trying to find this information that they're trying to find. And they figure that she must know where it is because she's writing the book. She knows everything about it. And, uh, they hunt her down and they, and they're trying to get the ending of the story. And she doesn't know the ending cause she lost her memory. Um, so she doesn't know where, where this, uh, it's like yep. a, a USB device or something. And, um, eventually she does. Eventually they get it. They get it to the Samuel L. Jackson, who was a good guy and, uh, defeat the bad guys at the end who was played by, Brian Cranston, which you didn't bring up, a great character in this. Uh, yep. Catherine O'Hara I was going to say, what did you, uh, when he knocked on the door, did you think it was going to be him? I knew immediately it was going to be Brian Cranston. The, <laughs> there's the no one other who fuck, knocks. The one who knocks, exactly. And it was, <laughs> and not only that, there wasn't really another character in the movie at that point who would have been the father. Right. And I knew it had to have been somebody because they kept hiding it, who the father yeah. was going to be. Um, which that was all a lie as well. I like um, the, uh, the makeshift kitchen too when they're at the. Uh, yeah. The place towards the end where she was like, where else was I going to answer the phone if you FaceTime me? I had to make it look like home. <laughs> there, You can definitely yeah. tell there was a lot of thought put into this movie, which I don't yeah. understand the reviews and how bad they are. I mean, this movie is getting trampled in reviews right now. It's yeah. like 30%, 20% of Rotten Tomatoes. But it's it's very good. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I think, I, I don't think it'll I'm glad you continue. liked it because I know you were very much like very low on it once the reviews. And that's why I was like, right, we don't look at reviews. And this is exactly why. But most of the time, like, I do I do go by the reviews just because a lot of times they're kind of on a path to what you'd expect a movie to be. And a lot of the times they are true to it. But this is one of those movies, I know we talked about it before, like Rotten Tomato scores, um, like Boondock Saints. It's like a 20, 19, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. This movie's fantastic. It doesn't make sense. This is kind of up there with me on that too. It doesn't make sense how this movie is so low and is very yeah. good. Um, so definitely a four out of five for me. I yeah, don't I think we'll see. 
If we do see a continuation of this, I think it will be in, like you said, a Kingsman. Now that we know that's kind of part of the universe after the after credits. Uh, we're not sure how deep in the universe that is, but um, I wonder if they'll be part of the se- of the Kingsman sequel. Kingsman 3 that he's making. It's going to be the final part of right. Kingsman. I wonder if they're going to bring in Sam Rockwell, because that would be awesome. Sam Rockwell that is the best be- part of this movie. Oh, yeah. him. He literally brought it, like, the entire movie, I was like, kind of like pre-thinking my thoughts for the third act and i was like and then just him alone just brings it up at least a half a point for me at least um, he's yeah. just fantastic um but yeah i'm definitely a, a three and a half on it yeah, definitely. i did enjoy it i will check it out it was a little long and yes. the dialogue wasn't exactly the best i haven't looked yeah. at any reviews yet um because the people that i check reviews on i usually wait till after i see the movie and same same go here. to youtubers and see yeah. people with like-minded thoughts and see what they thought of the movie yeah um but yeah, yeah, because I don't like being influenced by people because I'm very influenced by podcasts and shit because I listen to a lot. Right. So I try to wait until at least till, until at least we record. But yeah, those are our thoughts. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever see these characters again. But uh, I think Matthew Vaughn's a great director and he does he does a great job with yeah. these with these comic book type he's a, movies. He's a so fun director. Action movies, like, very fun. All of all of his movies are just fun except for the last Kingsman. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the second Kingsman, which wasn't that great of a movie, was a lot of fun while you were watching it. Yep. It just wasn't nearly as good as the first. Yeah. All right, so now that's it, really. I'm not going to yes. play the sounder again. This is just kind of like a post-credit scene to the episode. Consider us <laughs> the MCU of podcasting. And we will definitely talk to you next week this time. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Later.